0: Hey there, podcast listeners. We have a special treat for you today. Uh, About four times a year, we have what we call a kid-friendly sermon. Uh, It happens during school holidays. And basically, I pitch the sermon such that the kids really get the first half and uh, I, I make some extra comments to the adults at the end. It's an unusual kind of sermon, but it's one that seems to work for our congregation and I hope it's of benefit to you too. Anyway, here's the sermon. All right, we're going to pray and then I'm going to speak to the kids particularly first for about 10 minutes or so and then, uh, well, please be listening in though because the heart of the message is in that bit Um, and then I'll speak to um, particularly the grown-ups or um, well, just not the kids, you know what I mean. Let's pray though uh, first as we come to um, John 20 together. Our great God in heaven, we thank you not just for the chocolate and the holidays the friends and the family this Easter, we also thank you, our God, for showing us what really happened on that first Easter with the story of Jesus. And we ask, please, God, help us to learn it even better today. In fact, we pray that we would come to love Easter, and especially Jesus, just a little bit more for this time we spend together now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids, now, where are you? I just need to kind of figure out where you are. We still able to hear me? We still... Uh, who? Who was that? Who do I need to keep my... Uh, good. Okay. So Tom's there. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. I just need to know kind of who I'm speaking to and where they are, because um, uh, right. Let's let's get into this together. I've got three questions actually to get us going. Three questions to begin with. Very important. A little bit tricky questions actually um, and I'd like to see hands up and so that's where I needed to just spy where the different kids um, are in the room so I know where to look for different hands. Um, uh, hands up if you know the answers, are you ready for question one? Question one, here it comes. Question one is, what bit of Jesus' life did good, was Good Friday all about? So we're on Easter Sunday now, I don't want to know yet about what today is all about, Question number one is, what bit from Jesus' life was Good Friday all about? Any hands? Oh, yes, Audrey? Ruby? Ruby sorry, darling. <laughs> Jesus died on the cross. Excellent answer. Hang on, is this a different answer, Christo? Because you seriously don't want it to be much of a different answer. Are uh, you, yeah, Christo? <laughs> great, excellent. Okay, no, that is a good answer. Okay, no, no, that'll do, Jesse. So, yes, Jesus died on the cross, He died for our sins to give us forgiveness, He died as a man. That was question number one. You ready? Question number two, which bit about Jesus is this morning all about? So, Easter Sunday, hands in the air, which bit about Jesus, what are we remembering at the moment? Yes, Felix. Yes, Felix rising from the dead. Excellent, Felix, well done. Yes, resurrection, coming back alive, like really died, Good Friday. So, Christo and um, Ruby's answer were absolutely correct, really died, um, but coming back to life. Resurrection, from the grave, He came back alive. Okay, last question, question number three. Now, I'd like to see hands for this, but I don't want you to call out the answer. I just want to know if you've got an answer. Question number three is, You don't have to tell me. Question number three is, um, put your hands up if you know someone, you have a friend or whoever, how many of us know someone who does not believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Do you know anyone who who has, don't call out their names, can you think of anyone? Grown-ups as well, you can pop your hands up for this one if you wouldn't mind. Who knows someone, um, no, you you may not have enough hands to represent all of them, um, uh, knows someone who knows someone who does not believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Um, It might be dad, it might be best friend, Uh, it could be even one of our sisters or siblings or brothers or whatever, it might be teacher at school, all sorts of different people. Okay, hands down. So, let me tell you our big idea for this morning, this Easter morning, I want you to know that while some people these days aren't so sure that Jesus rose from the dead, The Bible shows us that He really did rise to life and now everyone who knows it gets to help spread that great news of Jesus' resurrection. That's our main point um, for today and we're going to see it in John's Gospel. Shall we take a look at the Bible together? So you might have a Bible on your lap, John chapter 20, uh, starting at verse 10 is where you need to be looking. If you don't, that's totally fine. You can just read it along on the screen. The verses will come up there. So turn with me, kids and grown-ups, let's turn to John's Gospel, um, and chapter 20, that's big number 20, if you've closed your Bible and need to find it again, big number twenty-two zero in the text. Um, if you don't have a Bible, as I said, don't worry. Now, a, a quick check, okay, to help any folks who are still learning this stuff, um, who wrote John's Gospel? Can anyone tell me that? Hand in the air. Can I see? Who wrote John's Gospel? I saw the right answer on your lips, Evie, but your hand's not up, so sorry. Liam? Who wrote John's... ruined it, hands. (laughs) That doesn't look, who reckons John actually looked like that? I'm not so convinced. Anyway, by the time he wrote, um, uh, okay, let me ask you this, whose um, life is John's Gospel about? So, John wrote John's Gospel, but whose life is John's Gospel about Jesse? Jesus, correct answer, Jesse, well done. Uh, Yes, it's absolutely about Jesus. Um, So, John wrote John's Gospel, it's all about Jesus, John was Jesus' best friend, pretty much, remember that, they spent years together, hanging out together, spending time together and then later on, after Jesus had gone, as in rose to life, gone back to heaven with his Father, John grew old and what we have here is John's stories about his life with Jesus um, from having actually been with him. So John chapter 20, let's pick it up there at verse 10 Uh, and this, this is what happened on the very first Easter Sunday. Uh, So let me just say, we're at the tomb, can we have the verses up there rather than the pictures hands? We have the verses, Uh, we're at the tomb at this point um, and where Jesus' body was and the tomb is open at this point, they already know that, that's where we're up to in the story. Peter and John have, um, have just been there. So, verse 10, then the disciples, that's talking about Peter and John, then the disciples went back to their homes but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Wait, why is she crying? Can anyone just help me with that? Why is Mary crying? Christo? Because Jesus died. Because Jesus died she doesn't know yet that He's alive, she just knows that His body's got... Okay, so what does Mary think might have happened to Jesus? Someone other than Christo, what does Mary think might have happened to Jesus? He's died, His body's not there anymore. Ruby? Stolen Stolen the body, who even does that? Yes, Um, so let's uh, let's check her answer in, in just a minute. Because she's going to tell us. So, part of the way through verse 11, as she wept, as Mary wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away. See, good answer, Ruby. They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put Him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but... She didn't realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? So this is interesting, actually. So Jesus is standing right there. Do you see that? Jesus is standing right there with Mary, but has she changed her mind yet? Has she changed her? Is she, does she think Jesus has come back alive or does she still think that he's dead and someone maybe has still taken the body? Put your hands up if you reckon Mary, just at the bit that we're up to, reckons not nah, he's still dead. Put your hands up. It's, it's what I reckon, that's, that's what I reckon um, and I wonder um, if maybe, have you ever had this, um, she just couldn't see Jesus, have you ever cried so much that you just can't, everything looks smushy? Um, You can't quite see properly, you're you're all in a bit of a, you don't know which, I wonder if that's what's um, going on here, perhaps. Anyway, verse 15, let's keep reading. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? (coughs) Thinking he was the gardener, uh, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. And here comes the bit where Mary starts believing. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. All right, we're nearly there. I have one last question for you. Uh, Now, I don't know the answer to this one, actually. I have a hunch, but I don't know the answer. I'm interested in your opinion. Um, So, here it is. um, Hands up if you have an answer for this one, kids. Why didn't Jesus show up while the other disciples were still there. Do you remember verse 10, right at the very start of our passage, Peter and John, they were still there and then the disciples went to their homes? So here's my question, um, why didn't Jesus show up then? Why did He wait for Mary to still be crying and, and then He shows up? Have you got a, a, an idea? Why do you think that might have been? Any hands, any ideas there? Why did Jesus wait until they were gone? He could have showed up any Any ideas? Yes, Felix. He was too busy, I guess that's a possibility. Okay, like I said, I don't know the answer. Uh, any other suggestions? Don't know. Well, shall I tell you what I reckon? Shall I tell you what I think? I think Betty has an answer, but you're, you're a bit, you're not young enough, Betty, to for the, <laughs> we can talk about it later. Um <coughs> Let me tell you what I reckon, I reckon it's because right from the very first Easter, Jesus wanted everyone to know that telling the world about Him, telling the world about rising from the dead, telling the world about new life from the grave was everyone's job. It was just sewn into that first Easter story. That's what I reckon. So uh, last bit for us to read, take a look at what Jesus says to Mary after, he re- after she recognises him and knows it's Jesus, my Jesus, Rabboni, my teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me for I have not yet returned to the Father, go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord and she told them, That he had said these things to her. So, sure, some people these days still aren't so sure that Jesus rose to life. There are plenty of people like that. But the Bible shows us that he really did. He came back to life, absolutely. And now everyone who knows it gets to help spread the news that he's risen from the grave. Let me just give you, kids, particularly, two thoughts, and then we're going to pray together, and then I'm going to speak to the grown ups a bit more. Firstly, just because some people don't believe the Easter message, just because some people don't believe the Easter message, it doesn't mean that they're silly or that they don't even know the story, haven't heard about it yet. Maybe they do know it and maybe they have reasons that they don't believe and so that means, what does it mean? That means we need to be polite, we need to be patient, not pushy or mean. Um, The second thing though I reckon it is just the best news in the world that Jesus rose to life, even if they don't believe it. I reckon it is the best news in the world that Jesus rose back to life because it means that his followers can um, and will rise to life. It means anyone who believes in Jesus has eternal life along with us. It means such wonderful news. It isn't just worth celebrating with chocolates and, and celebrating with holidays and with cross buns and decorations or whatever. It is so great. It is worth telling all of our friends about. And I'd like to pray about that now. So would you you join me in prayer please, let's pray. Father God in heaven, what a relief that Jesus rose from the dead, that death isn't the end, it wasn't the end for Jesus, it won't be the end of us. God in heaven, what a thing to celebrate. Thanks for this church full of people that you've put around us this Easter to remind one another, to sing together, to celebrate our risen Lord Jesus' But Father, we pray too for all the people that we know who aren't here, Um, and they're not at any church this Easter, they're not at church because they don't believe that Jesus is alive, or at least they don't believe yet. God, would you please help us to be courageous with helping people learn about Jesus, but also patient and kind, good listeners, as well as good answerers. Please bring some of those friends and family and loved ones and dads and teachers and whomever Please bring some of those folks, God, along to church next Easter or, for that matter, next week. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I'm grown up, so I have a few extra uh, thoughts to you. I I actually reckon many of you kids will be able to stick with me for this one. Um, uh, Just a few really ways in which I want to extend the things that I've already said um, to the kids. The main theme remains the same. Sure, there are plenty of people. Who don't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead but He rose from the grave, He rose to life, death defeated. Friends, a fact of history recorded in our Bibles stands up under real scrutiny but the real question comes next, does our Easter reflect that same posture and that same purpose and that same drive that the risen Jesus gave Mary there in verse 17? You know, don't cling to me, go and tell The disciples. I particularly like this paraphrase of verse 17, I'd like to share it with you, this paraphrase of Jesus' words to Mary, I think it's pretty neat. It says, Jesus' words to Mary, this is a time for joy and sharing the good news, not for clutching me as if I were some jealously guarded private dream come true. Stop clinging to me, but go and tell my disciples. This is a time for joy and sharing the good news, not for clutching me as if I was some jealously guarded, private dream come true. Stop clinging to me, but go and tell my disciples. Folks, I've just got two thoughts uh, that I want to extend it uh, with for us. The first is this, please do notice that we are looking here in this story in John, John 20, at the transformation of a woman from being a sceptic, to being a spokesperson uh, in Mary, from a sceptic to being a spokesperson. Now, more on that next Sunday, because James is going to be preaching to us from Acts chapter 9, about none other than Saul, where he he wasn't just a sceptic, was he? He was a killer, um, to a spokesperson and a missionary for Jesus. But for here, Mary was no sucker for conspiracies, was she? You know, not a few verses ago, she was skirting, I think, almost the edge of embarrassment, insisting that somebody's got to have taken the body. Where have they taken it? What have you done with it? Have you hidden it somewhere? Can you show me where so that I can go and get him? Do you see? Just on and on. She was no sucker for conspiracies. Uh, And may I say to you, if you're a bit of a sceptic, may I say to all of us, if we're talking about Jesus to friends and their response is, I just don't reckon Jesus rose, I'm a bit of a sceptic, I don't buy it. Can I just encourage us to have this phrase at the ready for our sceptic friends? Let's have a look at it together. Let's have a look at it together. Yes, the Bibles, but yes, the other evidence as well. Um, These days, in this modern world, it's not hard to to do, it's not hard to get our hands on, it's not hard to crack open our Bibles with our scepticism and I really do mean that. If you're a sceptic, Um, I want to say that's good. Let's use the tools of your scepticism to get to the bottom of the matter. I don't think we need to be afraid or scared of scrutiny, brothers and sisters. And, and if I, as your pastor, can help with that, I'd love to, I, and I mean that absolutely, I'd really, I'd love to help you out um, in looking into the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, our Basics of Christianity course may help you with that, to be fair, the scope is a little bit broader uh, with that course, but we'll talk about the resurrection, and if we need more time to do that besides, then we can make time for that. Okay, anyway. F- so first, from sceptic to spokesperson, second, in a different direction altogether, Let's take another look at that thought from verse 17 again, that paraphrase a time for joy and sharing the good news, not for clutching me as if I were some jealously guarded private dream come true. Is that what our Easter celebrations look like? Here's the question I've been mulling over this Easter week how do we do that as a church? How do we make it a time for joy and sharing? not for jealously clutching. Do you see? How do we do that as a church? How do we do that as individuals? Um, How do we do that, you know, in in just the different spheres of life, in our family life, those of us who are in a family, Uh, in a share house, those of us with flatmates, among friendship circles or at youth night for that matter, amongst our classmates and specifically, how do we make Easter look like that time for joy and sharing the good news? not for clutching some jealously guarded private dream come true. How do we turn not inwards at a time of celebration but impelled outwards? I think it's worth noting that for Mary it was literal, I've just got a few thoughts under this heading, for Mary it it was literal that she was gripped by the risen Lord Jesus, actually right there. Uh, It was so, um, you know, uh, personal, direct for her. We can't, Um, and I guess for us, we can't pretend a joy that we don't have, what I mean to say is, if we haven't been gripped by Jesus personally, well, it's no use going out with the Gospel, is there? If we haven't been gripped by Jesus personally, we won't be able to manufacture a convincing joy apart from Jesus and so even Mary, yes, she goes from Jesus but she doesn't depart from Jesus, if you take my meaning, she doesn't leave him behind. That's step one. We've got to be gripped by the gospel ourselves. Step number two, I do wonder if we've lost, in our broader culture, I mean, the permission um, to be joyful about Jesus. Do you know what I mean? That social permission to have a real joy in our Lord Jesus. Um, and in st- instead, I think sometimes we buy the lie, don't we? That we ought to somehow be a bit embarrassed or ashamed um, about him. More pointedly, I wonder how it's going to play out as and when our kids then observe our kind of reservedness and our uh, social shame when it comes to Jesus, our public guardedness, how will that play out in their lives? May I say some of you aren't like that and it is a joy to us. Some of you aren't at all guarded about your Christian faith, you're bold, you're clear you wear it on your sleeve and it is an inspiration for the rest of us. Please keep doing that, Uh, don't let us down in that way um, and show us what it is to live an unafraid life for Jesus, authentic and me and yet public with my um, Saviour. Step one, step two, step three, lastly, I reckon verse 16 is this enthralling little window on conversion. Could we have a little look there together? Let's close with that. Here was the moment for Mary, the moment Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. That was the moment. Um, I actually don't know why she didn't recognise him before. It might have been some supernatural thing. It was in other instances, pretty obviously. It might just have been the tears, I don't know. But this fact, this verse, it reminds me Um, the the way that she realises that conversion is always personal. It is about a personal encounter, hearing the voice of Jesus, so to speak. No, I don't mean voices in your head, but I mean recognising the call of Jesus on a person's life. We've got to take time with people, don't we? By name and in relationships, in friendships, it reminds me that it ultimately comes down to them, our friends, our loved ones, meeting Jesus. It also reminds me, we have great news, because it's about meeting the risen Lord Jesus. Quite literally, from crying at a graveside to crying out in happiness, that's the resurrection, that's Easter Sunday. Let's pray. Our Lord God in heaven, by your power, Christ has been raised from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures, and by your power, your Holy Spirit, Has unlocked to our hearts and minds and whole lives the reality and the promise of that day, those 2,000 years ago. Father, we do pray for the doubters and the sceptics and the, dare I say it, reluctant amongst us, even now. Would you please grant them answers, together with a tenacious willingness to seek them out. Father, we pray for those of us whose joy and delight has waned a little, please direct our eyes back to Jesus and back to His resurrection, back to the sheer delight and relief of Mary uh, or of Thomas, for that matter, the other disciples in time. Uh, Reignite our engagement with Jesus in that way, please, and after that sort of pattern. And God, for all of us, we do ask, would you teach us to resist those Forces that would dampen and curb and suppress our desire to bear the name of Jesus publicly. Those cultural and social mores are pretty difficult to figure out and navigate sometimes, and we confess that our own sinful self interest and mixed emotions, mixed motives, uh, can get bound up with all of that. And so we pray, Father, give us a dose of Mary's simple hearted boldness as she bounded back to those disciples with joy in her heart that morning. May that joy in Christ be ours today, this week, and until next Easter, we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.